Wow. Yeah. Does that have that has a whiffer? Robot voice because of thick yeah. and dark looking. It looks you put a lot of oxygen into the fermenting yeast, they go aerobic and they start multiplying. Great American ale off. But I don't want to drink a bunch of American ales. Cause of death. Dun dun dun. It tastes worse than Bud Light. Straight <laughs> up ten. Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. I'm your host, Adam. Today, we have a fun little episode. I got Brandon Rhinus coming on. We're going to talk about Stoner Films. He has a movie that just came out on Amazon Prime that we're going to talk about. We mentioned it before in a previous episode, but we want to give you guys the update, the rundown, and talk a little bit about what's going on with that. Uh, we may do some extra stuff with about Stoner movies in general for this episode. Um, so bear with us. Uh, we are still in quarantine mode, so it's still a little odd. Everything we do is going to be odd right now. Uh, but first things first, we've got the beer of the day. And today's beer of the day is 10 Point Buck Haze by Buxton Brewing Company. This is an Imperial Haze Juicy IPA sitting at 50 IBUs and 9.7% in alcohol by volume. Now, I cracked this guy open before doing the recording. I only had a one left, but I wanted to say I am outside, right? I'm outside, so smells should be really um, – shouldn't be as uh, potent as they are. When I cracked this boy open, all I smelt was good beer. It's like it – like, my, my beer is like two feet away from me, two to three feet away from me, and this thing smelt so good and potent. It was such a potent-smelling very strong smelling brew. I was uh, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I ha I've had this beer before, actually. You know, usually, typically, we like to have beers we've never had on the show. On the show, um, we've actually had this one on. We've actually had this one on, uh, not on, but uh, I've I've uh, drank this beer before, so I wanted to keep that in mind. But this is the first time that the that the smell was just so intense. I think because I'm I, I just never noticed. I guess because maybe every time I've drank this beer, I've had uh, quite a few before drinking. <laughs> you know, before this beer. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and try it right here live on the podcast. Here I go. <sighs> It's a little stronger, kind of. It's a, it's a little. Um, this beer is a little stronger than when I previously had it. The alcohol is kind of coming through a little more in this particular, uh, in, in this particular can, at least. But so are the flavors. Oh man, the flavors kind of coming through. Uh, Woo, this is a good, this is a good, solid, hazy Imperial IPA. This is really juicy. It tastes like juice. Alcoholic juice. It's so, it's so good. This is such a good beer. Such a good, thick IPA. Uh, not too thick. Not too bitter even. It's, it's right there in the middle. At 50 IBUs, you get the bitter, you get the hops, but it's not overpowering. 
Oh, that's so good. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this beer a solid eight out of ten. Pretty good. Great beer. Oh no. It's about to rain on me. I'm outside trying to enjoy nature. Trying to enjoy nature and it may rain. I hope it doesn't rain on on my equipment. I'd be so angry. Please rain, go away. Rain, rain, go away. Anyways, as a solid eight, uh, maybe nine, maybe uh, may, uh, solid eight point five out of ten uh, for this beer. Uh, it's just it's really solid. It's a really good hazy IPA. Buxton is a uh, Buxton did really good on these uh, on these hazies on these IPA. Uh, there was one. There's there's a few that I've had at the brewery that I wasn't too thrilled by that uh, didn't really capture me. But they're they're stout. They're stout, and this here ten point buck so far, they are top notch. They're their best, uh, the best beers. Uh, this is probably this is maybe one of the best IPAs in the area. But um, that's just my opinion. Speaking of haziness and hazy eyes, we are going to be talking about some stoner stuff. So stick with us, stay with us. And we're going to be getting right to that in just a few moments. Uh, Let me go ahead and take a quick little break. Uh, You will notice the break. I'm going to stop recording. And then uh, when we come back from the stopping of recording, um, (laughs) which you won't notice, you won't notice that I stopped recording. But when we come back, we're going to have uh, Brandon Rhinus on the show. So uh, that'll be great. Hello, Brandon. Can you hear me? Oh shit, I can't hear you. Hello? Is that you? Let's see. Um... Hello, Brandon, can you hear me? I can hear you now, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> it was like Brandon. I said that earlier, and then like a little a little thing popped up and said, "Brandon cannot hear you." I'm like, "Oh shit!" I guess. Oh. <laughs> so that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Yourself? Ah, uh, yeah. No, it's just the end of the world. Yeah. Well, I don't know yeah, how. Whatever. <laughs> how's it? Uh, how's it in Canada with all this end of the world stuff? Eh, it's pretty much the same. I think we're all locked down and not much going on and everything. So honestly, it doesn't affect me much. I mean, I write from home anyway. So you know, if it wasn't in the news, I probably wouldn't have even noticed. But um, <laughs> you know, my day-to-day life hasn't changed all that much. It's just you know, things are tense, and you know, I feel guilty every time I leave the freaking house. And- <laughs> oh, no. oh uh, well, that's better than my my. I have a buddy, man, and he uh, he is socially unaware of everything that's happening. Uh, we went to the grocery store and he got, he got screamed at because, because <laughs> he did not understand the six feet rule and yeah. he was kind of invading people's personal bubble and they just screamed at him. He was, I had to him like, I got to wait outside, man. You are fucking causing a scene. You are causing a scene. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it's not fun. 
Oh God. He just, he's just socially unaware. He didn't understand. He's like, come on, man. Why are you standing far away? I'm like, bro, you got to stay at this fucking red line. There's, there's, there's a pandemic going on. People are freaking out and you're, you're literally standing next to someone that's covered in a full fucking uh, hazmat suit. Just about, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, the, he stands to the one, he stands next to the one person. That's fucking covered in a hazmat suit. And of course, someone's going to freak out. <laughs> They're going to freak out on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I just like, I'm like, I can't go out with you anymore, dude. You don't understand what's going on. I, I have, We have to explain to him. Like, he literally is socially inept. Like, uh, he, does not under, he does not understand COVID-19. He does not understand anything that's going on in the world. He was, like, trying to beg us to go out to eat. I'm like, bro, there's nowhere to go out to eat. They're closed. What aren't yeah. you understanding? <laughs> it's all these drugs. Damn it, Brandon, it's your movie. Your movie inspires <laughs> your movie inspires people to uh, do drugs and be socially inept. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, Everyone in the movie did stay in the house, so uh... You know what? You're right. You are correct. They, they they do stay in the house, so you're not supposed to go out. But at some point at least they on the property. They, at, at some point they have to leave and get uh, get groceries. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you never, uh, you never shown their interactions outside of the the property, <laughs> so yeah. we don't know. We don't know how uh, socially able these people were. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, last time this is a trilogy, Brandon. This is the trilogy of you being on the uh, on the podcast uh, anymore, and it's a we got a saga on our hands. But uh, <laughs> but uh, last time you were on, you were promoting I'm haunted. Uh, how, how did that go? Did you achieve what you wanted with that? Uh, yep, somewhat. I got a lot of it. Obviously, I didn't get as many views as I wanted on uh, on YouTube. Um, you know, it was just a different way of doing things, kind of like releasing it once a day. I didn't know if it would work or not, but I got a lot of attention for it. Um, you know, a lot of people like it and everything. I'm, I'm turning it into a feature. It's actually like, I, I didn't know how long it was going to be. I actually thought it was going to be too short to put everything together. But I just like put all the episodes together, and it was like two and a half hours long. I was like, "Oh man, that's way too long." We found footage movie, so I ended up having to cut out basically half the movie, or like half the the content. So I got it down to like eighty five minutes or something like that, and uh, it's a whole different experience. Like it goes so fast when you watch it. You know, instead of like two three minutes per day, if you just watch it uh, in one long go, <laughs> it's like a whole new experience. So I'm hoping to release that. Uh, fairly soon and then I wrote a book my first novel based on the Haunted story and uh, people seem to like that so I guess it achieved what I wanted to do I just wanted to see if I could get something made that efficiently and cheaply so I'm kind of planning to possibly do uh, well pretty much definitely do another found footage movie uh, you know as soon as this uh, whole lockdown thing stops I know. Is that, hey, is that, a, is that a, has that, has that affected any of your, uh, your projects? Like, were you filming anything and you had to like take a break? Luckily we, the last thing I was doing, we finished filming like a week before, you know, things got really serious and I had nothing else on the horizon as far as production. So I lucked out in that department. Um, so basically everything I'm doing now is writing. It just kind of sucks that, you know, everyone else that I know in my industry is, uh, you know, that make their living acting or, you know, working, on set, you know, they're kind of out of business for the, you know, the time being, which yeah. kind of sucks. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird though. I've actually like my writing business has actually picked up since this started. Um, I think a lot of like production companies and producers are looking for things to start right away when this is done. 
So right now they're just going to do all the pre-production stuff. So I've been kind of getting hired to write scripts left, right, and center. I can barely keep up. Um, so it's keeping me busy. And then hopefully you know, a few months from now when this is all over, everything will be ramped up again. And, uh, you know, and I'll have a whole bunch of uh, movies I wrote coming out. That's the, the dream anyway. Hell yeah, man. Uh, man, you seem to be – you're able to knock this stuff out. I, In my head, I said, oh, shit, yeah, lockdown. I can, I can, sit, I can sit around and uh, write some stuff, and I've wrote jack shit. I think I've, <laughs> I, I write, I've written more when I'm busy than when I have uh, all this free time. So I don't know. I don't know. That's just how my brain is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see. A lot of people are like that. Even when when I started, like when I used to have a day job, you know, I just write evenings and weekends. Like I got a phenomenal amount of writing done. And as soon as I lost my job and I was doing it full time, all of a sudden it's all different. Now it's like it's somehow you lose your drive when there's like, you know, if you get up to go to work for the day, you're already kind of up and you're out and you're out and doing stuff. You know, if you wake up in the morning and now it's like now it's up to your own like ambition to to do it and it's kind of hard you know it took me a while to get used to it and now it's, you know, this is my job so so it's like yeah whether i'm busy or not i gotta sit down and crank out pages because otherwise i uh, you know can't afford to, to eat basically i know man uh life is so weird right now i i i was um my day job had uh <laughs> temporarily let me go hopefully i can get back to work soon but uh they uh i had a i I do some uh, work from these for, for like stores and whatnot for the Coca-Cola company or whatever uh, during for my day job. And uh, one of the stores, man, they thought that I had COVID cause I was coughing and, uh-huh. uh, and it caused, it caused such a big, such a big stir. It made the, they, that made its way to like corporate. And so they, they were like, you can't come back to work until, uh, we know you don't have COVID. I'm like, I don't have COVID, damn it. I just coughed. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I didn't know what to think. But uh but it's been but uh no no doctor's offices right now are seeing new patients. So it's literally I'm in a catch twenty two situation where uh it's it's quite impossible to get a doctor to give me a work release because they're not seeing people. <laughs> so, yeah. so such a hard situation. I know. It's just so it's just so frustrating. Uh, and my wife, my wife actually got tested for COVID and she doesn't have it. So that means I, that, that at least means that I don't have it or that we don't have it anymore if we did. And so it's just kind of like, Oh, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I guess I can't sympathize yet with the whole, uh, with the whole freaking out because it hasn't affected me, but, yeah. but I'm trying, I'm trying to get there. I'm like, yes, it's scary. People are, people are dying. It's uh just one just a new it's a new thing that we all have to deal with and it sucks yeah. it's gonna be hell for like three months and then you know a year from now this will be like a distant memory and it's you know it's, just, you know, it's like 9 11 it's just some something that happened in the past and you know people talk about it but we won't be in it anymore right so it's yeah it's yeah it's got a time to hunker down and just deal with it i guess it's a you know take it day by day and yeah <laughs> yeah don't uh yeah, it's kind of a new thing for all of us, I think. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we have uh, entertainers like you, though, uh, Brandon, and releasing stuff. There's all this new stuff on. I mean, Disney is releasing, uh, like, all, all these movies that are supposed to be in theaters are being released uh, straight to VOD, which is actually bad for theaters. I think a lot of – they're saying that uh, AMC might uh, shut down over, over all this. Like, there's some theater chains that may uh, – may, 
go bankrupt. They may get they may get shut down over uh, the loss of movie revenue. Uh, so it's bad for business, but I guess good for the uh, good for the common man that doesn't want to spend the uh, fifty bucks to go and see a movie at a theater. Uh, yeah. But there's plenty of entertainment out there right now. And speaking of entertainment, uh, your movie that we talked about on the first time you were on Hotbox is now officially on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's been uh, I think it's been you know pretty much a year since we had our premiere. And you know, I had to learn, like I didn't really know anything about the whole distribution side of things. This is my first um, you know, feature to be released. Um, so we were just like struggling with everything, just trying to get it out and you know, just it was just it's just such a like learning curve to it and everything. So luckily we had some help in getting that out there. But of course, you know, I was just hounded like day and night by people asking me when it's coming out and you know, my answer was always like, I have no idea, hopefully soon, you know. Um, even kind of when Amazon Prime, like even when they kind of approved it and stuff, even then it was still like, you know, it took a month and things were slow and there was like a backlog and, you know, it kept saying like, should be any day, we'll let you know within five days. And it took like yes. another three weeks and, you know, <laughs> finally it's like, okay, it's actually out there and people are watching it. So like now I can actually, before I was even scared to like promote it because anytime I put something up on Facebook, you know, I just get a ton of messages asking, hey, where can I watch this? When's it coming out? sorry, I don't know. You know <laughs> now it's like, it's officially out and you can watch it. People have, so it's, uh, it's wonderful. So yeah, that process, man. How, how do you, so how do you like the, uh, Amazon, uh, distribution process? Um, we actually, we like, we had uh, our distributor, like, um, what do you mind? Steve Kenny from uh, hood up films in Ireland. Um, he's more of a horror guy. He actually, I think he found me when, um, he chose one of my, short horror films to be part of a, an, a horror anthology that he's producing. It's coming out later this year. And so we kind of met through that and then he ended up watching Hotbox and he loved it. So he's like, you know, I think I can share this around to some of the distributors I know and see if I can find interest. Um, so he did and found somebody that was interested in it. And they basically, they took care of all the details. You know, I kind of had to, you know, basically send them the film and do some of the minor stuff, but all the other details, they, as, you know, as of um, getting it on the, Amazon and the other various platforms, they took care of all those details. So it kind of took that off my plate, which was, was good, but it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's just, you know, another thing you got to learn, you know, like I've learned every step of the process so far involved in, you know, making the films and getting them finished. And then this is just one other thing that I've done once now. So hopefully in the future it will, uh, it'll come easier. Hell yeah, man. It's cool. It's cool that you found someone to do that. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I've I've uh, I've put out two films on Amazon Prime. Uh, one was mine, and one was some guy's. I I don't even remember what his name was, but I helped him out. <laughs> I helped that guy out, and and yeah, the process is definitely strenuous. It's got to be, uh, uh, you know, I mean, certain things have to be perfect, and then the whole I I think one time I had to type out the uh, the uh, subtitles because you have to have a subtitle file or whatever for Amazon, yeah. and so I sat there typing out the entire subtitles, and it was just it's just time consuming. it's not really hard it's just time consuming and like you said a learning curve just to yep. get a uh, amazon to accept it and then and then it takes them weeks to accept it and <laughs> weeks to publish it so it's just like because they have to actually they have to amazon they they're pretty thorough with their reviews and they review uh they like they i guess they sit they, they sit down and watch the entire thing Cause I try to throw them a curveball and have like a parody subtitles so that if people turned on the uh, subtitles, that it would just be random gobbledygook. And they, uh, they were not having that. 
<laughs> they were not having they did not <laughs> they did not want uh gobbledygook subtitles so i was pretty upset yeah they um it was kind of funny too because um you know being in canada like i've had problems with other movies that i've written that have been like produced by other people and it'll go on amazon prime but it's only for us and uk so you know, we got all these people in canada that made the movie and it's like you can't even watch it um so when we first got accepted, it was the same thing. And they were like, yeah, it's like US and UK, these are bigger markets. And, you know, if it does well, eventually, like, you'll be out in, the, you know, Canada and Australia and other places. So it's kind of like, all right. Um, and then all of a sudden, they somehow they, they changed it. And they were like, oh, we're actually going to release it on all platforms at the same time, like in 60 countries or something. And we were like, what? But of course, the drawback of that was it was supposed to be up within a few days but they end up having to postpone it by like another couple of weeks because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other good thing is that they sent us a list of, of countries it's in and like some of them, you know, you know, some like Fiji and just all these places like that. Some of them I've never heard of like the sandwich islands and all, <laughs> all these like weird countries. I was like, I've never even heard of these places, but apparently you know, a hot box is available on Amazon prime in those countries. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah. We actually had quite a few people from here that were like, dude, like how did you like, how did you get available like on Canada and all that stuff like right away? And I was like, I don't know. They just, they just did for some reason. So, um, so hopefully that will lead to kind of some more uh, people watching and some more money coming in. Um, Cause yeah, obviously I want as many people to watch as possible. Are, are you, uh, are you being updated on the analytics? Are you keeping up with that? Or are you not even worried? Um, at this point we haven't got anything. I don't think it's like, I don't know if they send out every month or every three months. I don't know how they do that, but um, yeah, our distributor will, give us that information uh, once they get it, but we haven't had any, anything now. So I honestly, I've never been through this before. I have no idea what to expect in terms of a number of views. Oh, okay. um, I see people on Facebook saying they're watching it. So you know, some people are watching, but I guess I'll be in for a surprise whenever those analytics come out. <laughs> oh man. It's, it was fun, dude. It was a fun watch. Like I, I, I sat through and I watched the whole thing and I was like, Man, this is pretty funny. This is a I, – I was laughing. I think my um, – uh, I like how you filmed it too. I like how you read it and how, how you filmed it because I love, I love movies and films. Uh, you know, things like, things like Snatch and things like uh, – uh, fuck, what is that? Some movie about the uh, FedEx drivers. Anyways, there's like these – there's a few movies out there where it has like multiple storylines going at once, and I love movies that way. And your movie – it is just the it's a, the entire thing is just multiple storylines. There's no there's no uh, there's no real main character. Everybody's a main character. Everyone has their little side plots and whatnot. And I love movies like that. Um, what made you uh, write it that way and, and steer away from a uh, from a clear uh, main protagonist? It um, like if the original the concept was I wanted to um, I just needed kind of like a, a story that I could shoot for dirt cheap the original concept it was going to be like 100 percent in the car the car was going to be outside because originally we we're going to shoot it in the summer the car was going to be outside of this house party you never actually see the house party you just see kind of people coming and going from the car smoking weed and all this drama happening as i started writing it um then we found that cool location i was like well maybe like a little bit could be in the house and then you know, it ended up being like most of it was in the house and some of it was in the car we moved the car into the garage because we ended up shooting in the winter um, and originally it was going to be the main character was going to be Simon, the young, the young guy that was like trying to pick up that girl and getting help from the, 
know, the douchebag older guy. Yeah. Um, but eventually I was like, yeah, you know, that story, it's not like good enough to like dominate the movie. So I was like, well, maybe all of them can kind of be equal. And just through the writing process and the multiple drafts, kind of like storylines kind of got bigger or smaller and they all kind of evened out. And even while editing some scenes I cut out, so some you know storylines kind of got reduced a tiny bit and other ones got more, you know, kind of like focus on them. But that was kind of the whole thing is just like, yeah, one party and all the stuff's going on and there's like, you know, different cliques, um, you know, like within this party and, uh, and there's kind of, you know, people aren't aware of the other things going on at this party. They're kind of just focusing on their own little, you know, storyline. And um, so, yeah, it was, it's different than other things I've done. Most of the other ones I've done have a you know definite main character and, a, and that kind of stuff. Whereas this one, it just kind of, it was just something different to do, different style. And I think it turned out well. Uh, once you were finished and everything, um, uh, what which storyline stuck uh, to stuck out for you as one of your favorites that you filmed for the film uh, movie? I think um, I think the religious trio is is my favorite. Um, they kind of go through like the biggest arc of how they change, and they're I think they're the funniest. I'm actually I'm planning to do a spinoff. I've actually written like a first uh, like half hour episode for a spinoff show for them that hopefully we can figure out a way to do. Um, but yeah, they're the they're probably my favorite. Yeah, they're, 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 they were so great. As soon as I was seeing them, I was like, this is so great. This is so awesome. I love these characters already. As soon as they were on screen, I was like, this is this is the best. Uh, <laughs> I even took a picture. I'm like, look at this. I'm watching your movie. Uh, them, I liked, uh, I liked the, gothic, uh, the, the gothic chicks. Oh, yeah. And then I liked the... Uh, I didn't like him at first, but I I liked that guy that was trying to uh, get the pee from people. He was oh, yeah. to pass his piss test because he was yeah. his fucking his facial expressions like started to sell like grow on me. I was like, oh, the guy, this guy's pretty funny. This guy's yeah, tripping. Adam Keith. He's uh yeah, he's a pretty big up and coming actor here in Edmonton. I see him. He's on um, a whole bunch of, like uh, kind of like radio station commercials and stuff, doing some sort of comedy thing. So he's uh. He's been getting a lot of attention, and yeah, he's kind of a go-to guy for uh, for comedy. He can do other stuff. He's actually in another film I did where he plays like a kind of a kidnapper, kind of bad guy. So uh, he can do everything. But yeah, he's freaking hilarious. Yeah, well, yeah, I was surprised at uh, how well everyone did. You know, the, one of the hardest, one of the probably the biggest challenges of doing a, a film like this is probably making each everybody in these storylines likable enough so that you enjoy the full thing and uh for the for the most part i i think uh i think all the storylines and stuff were were fun to follow um and everyone everyone did a really great job yeah i was surprised like it was like honestly the shoot could not have gone better we actually like finished a day early we had 12 days planned to shoot and things just went so efficiently that we ended up like finishing in 11 days which is like unheard of um like just you know, usually things go wrong in a movie, whereas this one, like, like I don't think anything really went wrong. We had some like weather problems because you know there's like snowstorms and one of our actors drove off the the highway and we had to tow her out and you know stuff like that. But but for the most part, everything was just went well. All the actors were prepared; they knew their lines, and you know we'd have people come out and it's like you know they'd be in a smaller scene, they you know drive out there, we you know, get them in their spot, do one take, and, and okay, you're done, you're out of here. You know they're in and out and like. You know, 45 minutes and they'd be like really that's it and so yeah we were just like a well-oiled machine like everyone was so prepared and, you know just like yeah it just could not have gone better and 
yeah, like all the actors were great. Like there's so many things that could have gone wrong. It could have just, you know, not been funny. It could have just, you know, but it's like we were prepared and we had some long days and we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And, you know, a lot of the time we were ahead of schedule, but sometimes we got behind schedule and, you know, and I'd have, uh, you know, my shot list for a particular scene. I'd have like eight shots. And then Grace, our first AD, she'd be like, is there any way you could do it? And like less than that, like maybe like three. And I was like, uh, maybe, you know, so I'd be thinking about that. And she's like, even two would be better. And I'm like, you know, come on. And then some of them, I was like, I wonder if we could do it in one. Um, so that scene, remember where they're in the basement and the, the one dude thinks he's like possessed because he's on mushrooms. Yes. We, we originally had like a shitload of different shots for that. But then Sam, uh, Sam Reed, the, the director of photography, and I, we like planned out, like, what if we do it in one shot? So we just did that shot where we're like, we rush in through the crowd and the camera's moving around, like, frantically, like, horror style. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that was like a way more efficient way to do it. It actually, like, turned out really cool and kind of made that scene. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, the actors did great. We had, like, yeah, there was so many, there was, I think, 58 speaking roles in it, which is by far um, the most I've ever done. Hell yeah. And you know, we did extensive um, auditions and casting and it just, you know, it took a lot of work, but everyone just nailed it. And there were some of them too. Like at first, um, when I saw them audition, I was like, eh, I don't know if the, that's not how I picture the role. But then, you know, now it's like, I can't see anyone else in that role. That's just how, uh, you know, how good everyone did. Now, did you have to, uh, did you have to cut anything or cut anything out or reduce anything? Or did you, were you able to write this and film this? uh the way you wanted oh no there was a there was a lot cut out um this is the first real time most most of the projects i've done before were short films so he, there's not really a lot to cut out because they're so short this is the first time where i had to cut uh multiple scenes and you know and parts of scenes um some of it kind of you know with my co-producers and i came down to kind of a bit of a debate where they wanted something in there and i was just like nah it's not that funny and, um there were some jokes that when I wrote it, it seemed funny. And even some when, when we filmed it, it seemed funny. But after watching it, I was like, yeah, that's not that funny. Um, so I started just cutting out whole parts and, and scenes that weren't funny. And, and even, I remember, I think it was like two days before the premiere. Um, I watched, like, I just sat and watched the whole thing on my laptop. And I was like, oh, there's still a few parts that are, like, not that good. I don't want anything that's, like, you know, 60% funny. It's got to be, like, really funny. Um, so I messaged Julie, my, my co-producer, who actually, she played uh, Ariel, the, the blonde uh, religious girl. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how about we cut these like few parts? And she's like, oh my God, good idea. I was thinking that myself. So I even cut about five minutes of the film out right before the premiere, just to make it even better. And it just, it was a massive improvement. Um, like remember the, you know, Simon, the guy that's trying to pick up the, um, the, the girl there was a scene at the very end where, you know, where he goes to profess his love to her. And um, at the beginning of the scene in, like that we shot, he was, he started saying all these like love things to her. Um, and she's just like, are you, are you just naming love song titles? And then he's like, <laughs> uh, yes. And it, it was, it seemed funny when I wrote it, but when I watched it, it just like, wasn't that funny. So I cut that. And then at the very end of the scene, cause remember there was the part where, you know, um, the, the kind of crazy Mexican dude with the, the big beard. Yeah. He walks up to a uh, Hector, the next door neighbor and holds up a joint. And then Hector holds up that like foot long joint. <laughs> it's after that in the back of the car where Simon professes his love. He's like, uh, Hey, do you want to go inside and smoke a joint? And he pulls one out 
And then the girl is like, oh, I got one here. And she pulls out an even bigger joint that's like two feet long. <laughs> um, and I was like, it's like, it was supposed to just play up that, you know, she has an even bigger one. But I was like, you know what? It just, ugh, somehow it didn't work. So I ended up cutting that. There was another scene with the, the two guys who were trying to prove that the, the one woman's a porn star. There's other scenes with her. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that um, that got cut that it just, you know, it's like when it comes down to it, it's all about making the best product you can. And I wanted it just to like fly by. I didn't want any boring parts in it or yeah. you know, every movie, even movies you like, there's always parts that are like, eh, it's not that good. You kind of fast forward them. I'm like, I wanted every second to be as funny as possible. Now, is it, is how hard is that for you as a director to, uh, to cut stuff? It's, it, it's a little bit hard. I mean, honestly, I would like to put in every single thing we shot, even if it's three hours, but it's, I have to make the, make it the best you can. And sometimes when you're shooting something like you can't tell how it's going to fit together, it seems like it will. And then when you watch it, there's, you know, there's anything that slows the story down or just doesn't quite work. It's like, you know what, it's got to go. Um, I've long learned to do that in my writing. You know, I'll write a script and then just cut whole scenes. It's like, yeah, kind of like that scene. It's got some good dialogue and I like writing it, but you know, it's got to go. Uh, it just takes that discipline to, to be able to do that. And I've worked on other projects where they just don't want to cut anything. And there's just parts in, in the movie that kind of suck. And it's like, God, oh, why not cut that out? You know? <laughs> Well, because it feels like, because you know, you 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 spent that time filming it. You just you don't want to feel like, you don't want to feel like you just did something, um, like that was a waste of time. And I feel like yeah. some people, you know, they just you know, if you, you you cut the scene, and you you know, you spend all that time filming that scene, or however much time you spent filming that scene, it was like, oh, I just wasted. It feels like time wasted when you cut it, and it's just you know gone now forever. So that's why yeah, probably a lot of people want to save as much as possible and yeah i totally understand that and i've you know i've had uh, i've worked with dps too like directors of photography that um are or, or even like editors uh, and they just they want to have everything in there right and sometimes it's like yeah, we'll get three different shots you know we'll get like you know close up wide medium whatever and they, they want to use every single shot just because well they shot it so you know start on a wide and then go to a medium and then go to a close-up and i was <laughs> like man you don't need three shots in there just like just use one of them and you know, like the story overall is what counts, not like the little bits that go into it. So it's like, yeah, I know it sucks that you spend all this time on doing something and then it's got to be cut, but it's, you know, that's just part of the business, right? You can't like just have everything in there. There's, you know, there's Hollywood movies where they spend millions doing this whole big sequence and then it's like, yeah, it doesn't even end up in the movie. It's just, you know, be on the DVD, you know, deleted scenes or something. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it takes that kind of discipline. And then I think like, like I'd rather have people like the movie more than you know, stroke my own ego by having everything in there. It is even funny, right? It's uh, it's just, you know, editing is just, uh, it's, it's a separate skill. And even when you're editing your own stuff, like if you're editing someone else's, it's easy to cut because you weren't there. But when you're the writer, director, you know, producer, editor, all of a sudden it's like, it is, it's a little bit difficult, but I've just, I've learned it. It's like, yeah, this is what it takes. And I usually don't have any second thoughts about it. Usually if I'm thinking about cutting something, I usually lean towards cutting it so that everything that's in there is like, that's definitely got to be in there. If there's something where it's like, eh, that part's okay. It's like, yeah, it's probably best to cut it. Um, there's some things, honestly, and even in Hotbots that I wanted to cut, but the story wouldn't work without it. Um, yeah, and there's some few things I tried to cut and it's just like, it doesn't, it has to be in there because it won't work otherwise. So, um, but for the most part, I'm like very happy with 
everything that like the way it turned out. Yeah, man. For the yeah, like like the your film was really good. Uh, I think uh, if there was only if there was like maybe one storyline that I felt drag, drug a little bit was probably the uh, the Christy Cummings, uh, some of the Christy Cummings uh, stuff where the guy's trying to like figure out uh, who she is or whatever. I felt like some of that was a. Uh, it was mainly just him. Mainly, mainly just his story felt a little repetitive. Uh, mainly because he just wasn't getting the hint. But I, guess, I think that might have been what you were going for. <laughs> so that's kind of what I was going for. And yeah, there's actually um, there was another scene like towards the end with that storyline that I cut. Um, I think it was after like after he finds like the religious people and, and Kayla Cummings like in that uh, threesome. Yeah. Um, there's a part where his buddy's like, you know, that still doesn't really prove he's a porn star. And he's like, come on, man, like what's it gonna take? Um, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I think the point is there. So I just cut that and then I went straight to the part where she talks to him. And it's like, yeah, you, you could have just asked. <laughs> uh, like this, see, the finale was great. I just, it just took, I feel like his, his, his arc just took so long to get there. Uh, but in the end, it worked. It worked out. Everything works out in, the, in your film. I think uh, it's a great stoner movie. It's a great movie to add to the, uh, the stoner collection along with all the other stoner films out there. Um, it, it's definitely unique. I like that it takes place all in one location. I love one location. I love one location movies, and I love uh, multiple storyline movies. And so, yeah, it's funny actually. The um, like the way, the way we found that location, um, you know, the 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 red room, that like long weird room that uh, was like all red. Um, we actually shot an entire movie in that room that we actually did before Hotbox. It's just it's spinning. Um, post-production for so long with the distributor that it ended up got released or will be released after Hotbox. Um, but we shot a whole movie with a woman locked in that room that she was kidnapped. Oh. Um, so when it came time to do Hotbox, it's like, well, like we have that whole house that like, we could rent. Um, so we ended up reusing that same house um, for that movie. So if you ever watch Cold Comfort, when that comes out, you'll be like, hey, I recognize that room. Um, so yeah, like we were... In the original like version of the script, I had um, scenes outside the party. Like I had people kind of at their houses or whatever, um, getting prepared to go to the party. But I was like, yeah, even just from like a logistics point of view, it's like those are just other locations we have to travel to and shoot. So I was like, you know what? Let's just cut all that and have the whole thing at the party. Um, so it's basically at the party or on like in the house or on the property of the house. But yeah, there's nothing outside of that. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good good choices, good decision making by everything you've done. Uh, I'm proud. I'm happy for you, man. I really hope that we can get more people out there, man. I'm gonna be showing. I'm gonna be uh, sharing your film uh, across everywhere that I can. Be like, hey, look, check this movie out. If you're a stoner, you'll love this movie. If you're not a stoner, you'll still love this movie. <laughs> this. It's a it's a fun good time. Um, my uh, thank. This COVID-19 stuff has my son out of school, and he is trying to bug me to tell me to uh, do stuff. So, uh, but uh, um, is there anything you would like to say before we uh, close out here? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on the show again. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you liked the movie, and I want to encourage everyone listening to watch Hotbox it's on Amazon Prime. It's going to be on, like, Tubi and um, some other platforms in the coming weeks, so we keep an eye out for that, but amazon's where you can find it now um so yeah watch it and you know leave a, a rating and stuff on imdb or wherever you can if you 
uh, want to do that. I appreciate all the support that everyone's giving, and uh, I hope everyone likes the movie. Hell yeah, watch it on Hotbox, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime means it's free. It's a free stoner movie. Get high, enjoy the coronavirus, enjoy the lockdown, and enjoy some Hotbox film from Brandon Ritus. Thank you, Brandon, for being on the show. Uh, I'll chat with you later, man. Thanks for having me. We are a million